0: Hello and welcome to the Slot Plus segment of the Slave Culture Gab Fest. Our topic today is Kim Teya Snapma Gedma Who's a What's It? Flush <laughs> Famous. I think that's the catchy phrase that's everybody's hashtag, using. Yeah. yeah. Um, something major happened between Kim Kardashian and Taylor Swift involving Snapchat this weekend, and we've invited. Two resident culture watchers, uh, Forrest Wickman, Slate Senior Editor, and Jessica Winter, our Features Editor, and also uh, the author of the recently published and very awesome book, Breaking Case of Emergency, to come and tell us uh, what has happened and how we should feel about it, because Steve, Dana, and I are... Less informed on this subject than these folks are, I will start with a brief summary of what I believe the facts to be, and then I will invite you guys to offer some opinions and corrections.
1: Uh, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> so it starts with the it starts with the album,
0: right? Uh, well, some some would say it starts all the way back in two thousand nine. In two thousand and nine, at the VMAs. But okay, there's a there's a long-standing relationship of beef between Taylor Swift and Kanye that dates to the two thousand and nine VMAs, where he rushed the stage when she won an award and said that Beyonce should have won it instead. Many things happened in between. We will pick up the thread uh, with the release of Kanye's album earlier this year on which there is a song called Famous where he talks about how he, quote, made that bitch famous and how he might one day still have sex with Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor responded with... Dudgeon saying she'd never approved of the that language, uh, turned it into a thing at some music awards this year where she gave a whole speech about how young girls should know that people will try and take away their story and say that they're not the authors of their own success, but in fact, uh, you know they can girls can be all that they want to be, you know subtext fuck you Kanye. Then in the Katie Weaver, Profile of Kim Kardashian, which ran in GQ earlier this year and which I discussed during our uh, Chuck Lowe segment. Um, Kim intimated that the conversation that Kanye claimed had been had, in which Taylor had approved the language in the song, had been recorded, but then declined to offer proof of those recordings to the author of the profile. Taylor denied that. Then on Snapchat on Sunday night, Kim released portions of that phone call, which did in fact happen and was in fact recorded, all seemingly tied around some other events in the Kardashian-verse, like a, the show coming back or episodes or something that I'm not totally aware of. Uh, and then the whole internet erupted because <laughs> it was a great celebrity fight. Is that basically accurate? Yeah, that, that is, was all... Yep.
2: That all was right. right. Yeah. yeah, The
1: award show was the Grammys at which, I think it was during Taylor's acceptance of the Album of the Year Award, one of those awards at the Grammys, that she was perceived to throw shade at Kanye.
2: Yeah, and she she specifically said, she specifically called out people who would take credit for your fame as well as your achievements. So it was a pretty obvious subtweet, or maybe just a tweet, maybe it wasn't subtext at all, <laughs> attacking Kanye. Exactly. Um, okay. How did Kim use
0: this in the Snapchat barrage? Like what was the she she posted some of this primary source material in the celebrity beef but like what did she then suggest or say about Taylor Swift?
1: Yeah, I mean, so she let um, some short video clips basically speak for themselves. She she kept teasing all of uh, Sunday evening, I guess it was, um, that she had something coming. Don't do you guys follow me on Snapchat? You should really follow me on Snapchat. And then you know she released some snap stories that um, showed what added up to what a few, uh, basically a few minutes of what I believe, you know, by all reports was about an hour long conversation. And in those few minutes, it's, you know, Kanye is there, Taylor is on speakerphone. And uh, they're having a conversation about whether these lines are okay. And Taylor is being kind of generally encouraging saying like, oh, this might actually be kind of cool or agreeing with Kanye when he said that and saying it's she's just really happy that he asked him about the lines. And then Perhaps most pivotally, there's a part where they jump to a clip where Taylor is saying, you know, when when this song comes out and everybody asks me about it on the Grammys red carpet, I'm just going to say the jokes on them. Like I knew I heard it beforehand um, or I knew about the line beforehand and I approved it and I, you know, I'm okay with it, which is not how she ended up reacting.
2: Right, and her clarification was that yes, we talked about me being invoked in the song, but he never got permission to call me that bitch in the song. Right.
1: Right, which is so. Yeah, she later the same night posted a basically a screenshot of a note in her notes app on her phone, um, which fo- which centered on on that. I think she also said that she was never played a recording of the song, and it's true that those are two things. That you don't see in the recording, um, which is to say you don't see them in Kim Kardashian's recordings of this phone call. You don't see, you know, Kanye play the song for Taylor Swift and you don't see him ever mention that he's going to be calling her, quote unquote, that bitch um, in the song.
0: Um, Okay, so
1: i feel like we should start i think jessica has the strongest feelings about this it's funny i I basically was brought on as the uh i guess i'm team tay tay in this case um in the past i've typically been brought on as as team kanye basically on this uh podcast i've come on a few times i'm a huge huge fan of each of them i essentially view it as like a bad misunderstanding as far as I can tell. Um, And so I'm really kind of like team, why can't we all just get along? (laughs) Um, Team mom and dad, you know, please stop fighting. Um, But Jessica, I think you have stronger thoughts.
2: I am just so tired of her and her martyr complex and her always being victimized and her always basing her her fame and the fodder for her songs and everything about her persona on being victimized and martyred. Like, I'm, I'm going to take listeners way, way, way back to an ancient era. 1993, the Video Music Awards, uh, the REM video, Everybody Hurts, perfectly fine video, wins a major award over Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, which is a great era-defining MTV video. Michael Stipe takes the stage to accept this award. Adam Young from the Beastie Boys bum rushes the stage, makes fun of Michael Stipe, yells and carries on about Spike Jones deserving the award, and then they usher him off. Michael Stipe laughs it off, and things carry along as usual because nobody cares about the VMAs. Dumb things happen at the VMAs all the time. Uh, Howard Stern showed up like an, as fart man in a farting costume at the VMAs. Like, nobody cares. Um, no one remembers that incident because it was treated as it should have been treated. 15 years later, Kanye West does the exact same thing for the exact same righteous reasons as Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift has built an empire on it. Taylor Swift acts like this guy crashed her wedding or her baby shower or something. It was just a funny thing that happened and we're still talking About it, and we're still discussing her martyrdom over it. And I'm just, I just want her to come up with a different way of being famous that is not based on people lying about her or people wronging her or her kind of overcoming adversity at any given moment. This woman has never had to overcome serious adversity in her life. So those are my feelings about Taylor Swift. You're hired. hired. (laughs) I knew Steve would like that part.
1: Uh, I have a lot to say in response to that. I mean,
2: <laughs> I knew you would, Forrest, I, and I wanted to hear. I, it. I mean, there's, there's another
1: I, I actually do agree with you to some extent. I think Taylor Swift would agree with you to some extent in that, you know, some a, a significant amount of her songwriting career actually before she met, like before the 2009 VMAs ever happened. When it's worth noting, as she has noted, she had already like gone. You know, multiple platinum on multiple albums and was like a hugely successful artist, but one who I think it's also worth noting uh, to kind of Kanye's credit and the the and to the credit of that line, what's shit, which, you know, says Kanye made her famous.
2: He did. Um, he did make her. I mean, he did so make her he, famous, he but he her brought over. her. To, he, he brought her to a whole other level yeah. of fame. Yeah, I Sorry, agree with I'm that. I,
1: no, no, no. I, I mean, I, I she was both hugely famous beforehand. Would have become huge, hugely famous. Like was already breaking tons of records for what a songwriter had done at her age Um, and would have continued to do that. But it's true that, like, it brought her to a whole nother level. And especially, like, people who were not country radio listeners, um, people who were, you know, not, um, like, young teenage girls, like, many of those people did not know much about Taylor Swift before um, that incident. Um, I think... The main place I disagree with you is that I think that while Taylor sometimes did that before, I'm not actually sure that she's the person who, like, has perpetuated the story for so long. And I actually think she's been trying really, really hard um, to move away from this narrative ever since 1989. I mean, the, the kind of most interesting thing I think I would point to is that that was not the first time that Kanye did it, um, interrupted somebody at an awards show. Um, but uh, I and like, but I think like people were so protective of her. If I recall, she didn't respond for kind of a couple days. But in the meantime, everyone like by the end of the award show, Beyonce brought Taylor Swift back up on stage and was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, Taylor. Like, let you know, go ahead and finish your speech." Um, and you know, Barack Obama, like, not Taylor Swift, didn't call Kanye jackass. The president <laughs> of the United States called. Uh, Kanye a jackass so everybody just really piled on Kanye Um, and and then you know since then it's worth noting that like the person who has done the most to milk this okay well before we jump too much further forward forward. That that's like the immediate days afterwards. Fast forward a year, the person who first suggested that there should be a song to come out of this was not Taylor Swift, but Kanye West, um, who came up with the idea of writing a song about it, which then became them each performing one of their own songs um, on the VMAs the next year. Um, and and then in the years since then, like since this incident, you know, who continues to write songs about this incident, Kanye West, like he wrote the song that... Um, Uh, has like kept this whole thing going in in the form of famous he's the person who a month ago uh, put himself in a music video naked in bed with taylor swift um, and a bunch of other celebrities without as far as we can tell well without taylor swift's like public explicit consent anyway she hasn't really spoken about it so i think really like i i think it's maybe a little much to say first of all i think it's wrong to say that Taylor Swift's fame and success is dependent on her making herself a victim in this situation. And second of all, um, the the, the, the other, you know, while Kanye has been continuing to milk this incident, um, you know, Taylor has been coming out like the lead single of her last album was Shake It Off about like, you know, don't worry about the haters. Like, don't make yourself a victim. Uh, The single right after that was Blank Space, which was all about kind of sending up the whole narrative that she always turns out to be a victim um, and yeah, I mean, uh,
0: I, I'm more team Taylor than than not probably as regular listeners of the show will know but I do think that even a song like shake it off about not caring about the slights against you is still fundamentally assuming a position of there being many slights against you as opposed to just being like I'm a person in the uh, world on so, the on the other hand um, so, so I so I'm somewhat persuaded by Jessica's notion that this uh, victim-martyr complex is a recurring thread of her work. I will, however, say two other things about it. One is I do think she's like a young woman songwriter who often does not get credit, including from some people on those microphones, (laughs) uh, for like being the author of her own work. However nefarious, disgusting or bad that music is, like she there there are some ways in which she has not gotten credit for things that she has actually accomplished. However odious you find those things to be. And then secondly, I do think. And, I will, and this will also be revealing about the uh, the ley lines on this uh, podcast. Um, to, uh, Forrest and I were both at the same Taylor Swift show at MetLife Stadium last summer.
1: Uh, and Can I just quickly interject to say that I also saw the Kanye tour twice? So like, <laughs> I'm not just like a one-sided I, I hear you. Night.
0: I have also seen Kanye in concert. But um, the at that concert, which was basically a full performance of 1989, the album in which she is most moved forward from the like – I'm just a young country girl with a, you know, who's a little bit nerdy despite my uh gamine blonde self, uh and I have all the insecurities of a young bookish teenage girl and I'm going to put them into songcraft in a way that resonates with other young teenage girls. And her new self is this sort of like va-va, like, isn't it great to be a young 20-something in New York? Can't we all get along? Life is life is not a bunch of um, sad, insecure teenage rooms. It's a little more grown up. Uh, but her shtick at the concert was very, um, like, band, let's all band together young teenage girls and be proud of who we are. It was very, like, young girl female empowerment shtick in a way that felt very at odds with the... Voice in the songs to me. And I think that's part of what's going on here with the martyr complex is that if she's thinking of this from the perspective of like, I'm a teenage girl in Nashville trying to become an artist and feeling like it's unlikely that I'm a global titan and people don't accord me due respect or take me seriously, that reads one way to her, but that reads totally differently now that she's a global superstar. Uh, whose subject matter and life are different. Uh, And also, you know, as a bunch of places, including a smart post on the great site, Very Smart Brothers pointed out, like has all of these racial valences that are like, I'm the white woman who's been victimized by this uh, famous black man. Rise to my aid, Americans. It's a little grotesque, and I don't think she's particularly smart about that.
1: And specifically, specifically about having sex too, right? Like the imagery of a black man and a white woman having sex and the issue of like whether or not she consented to be being portrayed in that way is like really full of very rough resonances.
3: Well, as is the statement, I made that bitch famous. I think when we talked about this, we've given so much airtime to these (laughs) these fuckers. I think when (laughs) last time we talked about some manifestation of this, I guess it was the line, I made that bitch famous. We were all agreeing that, you know, in fact, for an artist, for somebody who writes their own songs and is always being questioned as to whether they produce their own material, it might be more insulting to to be thought of as depending on Kanye for her fame, you know, even than the sexual reference. But completely unrelated, I just wanted to ask you, too, since you're following this whole flap— What about the illegality of taping someone, of recording a phone call without both parties' permission? Do you think that's a significant part of this story? And, I mean, if there were legal ramifications, would you throw your hands up and say this is ridiculous? Or does Taylor Swift have any right to say you recorded me without my permission and then released the tapes?
1: So the question of whether, like, she has any kind of moral right to say – you know, to object to being recorded without her knowledge, I think is a separate question. The legal question, we basically don't know whether this was legal or not, because it depends, the laws uh, about this depend on the state. Um, And in this case, we don't seem to yet know which state each of them were in at the time of the recording of this conversation. Therefore, like, it could be that she'll end up bringing charges against him. But I think it's unlikely because I suspect that, A, Kim Kardashian's kind of a savvy enough woman to have looked into this. And, B, I suspect it all would have happened before the tapes came out um, and that they basically never would have come out because of, you know, Taylor Swift's people making the threat um, to, to kind of press charges.
0: Uh, thank you both, Jessica and Forrest, for coming on to explicate this hoot nanny fracas. Uh, Sleep Plus listeners, we'll talk to you next week.